This is Jewish Board Talk with Sharice Zephard, only on 101.9 High FM. Thought leader and former South African diplomat, Sir Kamuti has just pulled out his book, The Chronicles of Fear. In it, he tells the story of how he was struck down by an illness that made him paralyzed and how he was able to struggle back to full health. On the 21st of November 2016, Saul unexpectedly collapsed and woke up paralyzed the next morning in the Steve Biko Academic Hospital. From then until the beginning of April 2017, he was unable to move his limbs, but could see, hear, and speak. Today, he's fit, healthy, and back at work, and he joins me on Skype. I saw I'm absolutely honored to be able to talk to you now, and for you to tell me your inspirational story. Welcome. Thank you so much, um, and good afternoon to your listeners, too. So, why did you collapse? Um, it just happened suddenly. Uh, I was very healthy. Uh, things were going so well, both socially and professionally. And one day, as we were walking uh, to our car, I was with my wife at the Kilani Mall. I suddenly collapsed. I blacked out for about four to five minutes. Later, I found some two guys helping me up. And my wife suggested they call an ambulance, but I said, no, I'm okay because I had regained my my strength. I even got into the car and we drove home. It was around 3 o'clock in the afternoon. And then in the evening, we had dinner. Around 11 p.m. when we went into bed, I went into the bathroom to brush my teeth. All I could do was to put the toothpaste on the toothbrush and my right hand just froze. So I went back into the bedroom, told my wife that um, this the hand has just frozen. She said, let's go to hospital, but because I'm adamant and a bit cheeky sometimes, she always say, I said, no, let's sleep. We will see in the morning what's happening. In the morning when I woke up, I was fully paralyzed from the neck down. All I could do was to shake my my head to wink and to speak, but my voice was also a bit faint, and I think it also affected my my breathing, my respiration system. Um, then she took me to hospital because it was obvious then that I had to go to hospital. I spent three weeks at Steve Biko Hospital, and they were doing all the tests. Three weeks later, they came back to say, we have ticked all the boxes. Uh, we are now left with one. We believe we have your diagnosis. And they told me it's a rare condition called Guillain-Barre syndrome, which affects about 150,000 people across the world. And they are saying because the number is so small, the pharmaceutical industry isn't investing in it. So the information at their disposal is that the only way to remedy it is through physiotherapy. They say your brain stops stops talking to your nerves, and as a result, for instance, if you want to raise your hand, the hand doesn't get that message. And because there's immobility, then your nerves degenerate. So the only way you have to revive, to reactivate those nerves, and it's only through stretching. 
And they said they have good news for me. Um, it's it's uh, it's possible for one to recover. They said it has a 70% rate of recovery, but the prognosis said uh, you are looking at three years uh, to begin to 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 recover the process of recovery. And they also said out of the 70% success rate. There's a three percent reoccurrence, uh, recurrence rate, and I said no, I won't be part of the three percent. <laughs> and yeah, it was just so difficult, not just for me, but for for my family as well. Um, I was bedridden, yeah, for seven for seven months. Though I continued to receive uh, therapy from my therapist uh, for one. In fact, like I would say three hours a day, one with the occupational therapist, two hours with the physiotherapist. And I'm talking to Saul Malobi, who has written his book, Sound and Fury, The Chronicles of Healing, in which he tells a story of how he uh, he managed to overcome his struggle of illness back to full health. Saul, um, you took six, seven months on a disease that normally people take three years to recover. What was your secret to success? In fact, it, it wasn't necessarily recovering, but the the process of recovery began after seven months because after seven months, I, I was so excited when my first two fingers on my red, right hand could move. And... So that gave me signs that the recovery process is starting. And then by the eighth month, I could use my my right hand and my left hand was still very weak. But even though I could move my right hand, my fingers were still very weak. And I was told that, in fact, the fingers are normally the last to recover. So even now, three years later, uh, every day I'm still stretching my fingers. Uh, the, the right hand has a, a tighter grip and the, the, the left hand fingers are still very weak. I, I don't have any grip at all. But the, the good news for now is that I'm able to do many things using my my hand, but also just to go back to the, my collapse, and that also speaks to the first part of my of my title that says "Sound and Fury." Sound and Fury is a Shakespearean concept uh, coming from Macbeth, which was written by William Shakespeare, where he says. Life is but a tale told by an idiot full of sound and fury signifying nothing. So to me, this meant that uh, anything can happen to you. And I, I now say to people, every morning when you wake up and you, you should give thanks to the Lord to say thank you because there are many people out there who didn't wake up, uh, in that morning, but also in the evening before you go back to, to sleep, just say your prayers today. Thank you that I survived this day. 
uh, bless me throughout this evening until tomorrow morning because life isn't guaranteed for anyone at any time. Yeah, tragedy may strike like it did in my case. There I found myself, my life completely changed. Uh, Saul, you describe in the book the feeling of absolute excitement, like like a child does when you first felt your fingers move. That, what was it like? What was it like that seven months prior to that when you, you must have felt trapped in your head and then that feeling of being able to actually send a message on a cell phone? In fact, um, I, I used to look at people who were who were visiting me and say, thinking to myself, by the way, they don't even think um, it's it's something big for them to be able to breathe. Because when I was there, my lungs were affected. So I remember one day uh, a mosquito, because I was in, in Pretoria, <laughs> a mosquito came and and... I wasn't, my body wasn't fully covered. And a mosquito came and it stung me on my, my chest. And I tried to blow it away with my breath, but my breath was just too weak to blow it away. And it kept on coming back for another bite, another bite. And I, I was just there stuck from around five o'clock up until eight o'clock. When the nurses came into my ward to close the, the, the window. And I said, people, in fact, are really blessed just to be able to breathe normally because there I was. And because I was, I was fully paralyzed. I couldn't even try to, to move it away with my hand. I was just looking at it and yeah, just winking. And the mosquito could see that this guy, can move and yeah, it, it had so much yeah fun uh, that evening. So that day when I saw my two fingers moving, I was so excited. And when my wife came, I showed her my fingers, and then I said to her, uh, "Please bring my phone back so that I can now lead almost normal life because then I should be able to talk to to people." But you you feel helpless. And one one thing that you need to do once you find yourself in that state, the first thing is to accept your reality. Because if you don't accept your reality, trust me, you will go into depression. You will never recover. And I've seen up to eight former patients that I was with at the rehabilitation hospital succumbing to depression, and they ended up... Uh, passing on in the period of between June and June 2017 and February 2018. So the first thing is to, and you also give up your, your sense of self-confidence and pride uh, because there you are fully paralyzed. It means you are at the mercy of other people and the the most killing thing for, for most of us is that then you find yourself like a baby in a diaper in hospital. And 
if you are not going to accept that reality, you will go into depression and you, you, you will lose your life. But I told myself, I'm going to fight back because once you are in that state, you have two choices. The first choice is to say, I'm going to fight to get my life back. And this is the most difficult choice. And the easier one is to just give up and die. So if you have taken the first choice of fighting to recover your life, every morning you have to tell yourself that, yes, I'm alive and I'm going to work doubly harder for me to be able to recover my life.